Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corbello Starks, a.k.a. Who That Nigger, and welcome to the World According to Starks, the podcast. As you already know, it's April the 15th of 2022, and more importantly, I'm having a very um, gruesome couple of days, but other than that, I'll explain when this whole thing goes down. And more importantly, like, what would it be like in this world, ladies and gentlemen, if I didn't talk about any news? Now, before I get on to it, I'd like to send a shout out to the uh, Sarcastic Bastards and uh, Jennifer Lee and everybody on Instagram. As you already know, I do not have a Facebook anymore. Yeah, that's right. My my Facebook is completely destroyed, but somebody's hacking into it as we speak. And I could tell right now I could care less and more important less is more but uh other than that like you know i don't really care it, it it's just me just being me <clears throat> a little news for everybody you could tell michael jordan was still the best in the world tim hardaway recollects the time when the chicago bulls legend came back from retirement Yes, Michael Jordan once practiced with the golden state warriors before his return to the nba he took on the main team and crushed them Michael Jordan was famously quit basketball to, a, to start a baseball career. While that direction did not work out as he would have hoped to, he was itching to get back on the court. Jordan wanted to gauge where he was at the time to do so. He hit up Don Nelson, who was the Golden State Warriors coach at the time. Michael Jordan wanted to practice with the team and Nelson obliged. The next 48 hours that followed were nothing short of a torturous time. The Warriors did not expect Jordan to be that at that level, and there is no better personality than Tim Hardaway to explain what happened. Also, Red, we had to admit this Michael Jordan guy was pretty good. Bill Walton recalls when the Bulls legend first showed a glimpse of his insane ability and whatever ability it is. How good is this pre-well kid? Michael Jordan asked before sizing him up. The practice was about to begin, and Jordan took over the players with the least minutes. He had a point to prove. We could see that he was itching to play ball, said Hardaway. He was stealing all the shade, all this, all that. We thought he was rusty, and he asked, how good is the Spreewell kid? Hardaway admits that he was confused by the question. He then remembers telling Jordan that Spreewell was good. Not as good as him, but he was an all-star in the league after hearing that MJ went to work. And, uh, oh my God, it was ugly. It was ugly. He took over practice, says Tim. You could tell he was still the best in the world. As shocking a story it may seem, we have to remember this Michael Jordan coming back from playing baseball and dominating some of the league's best players is nothing to be surprised about. We call him his airness for a reason. The NBA, the story featured in the NBA 75 series illustrates his greatness with great aplomb. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is possibly true that uh, Michael Jordan, of all people, has dominated the NBA throughout his years in the 90s. But more importantly, don't let that fool you. I know some of you people are probably wearing Jordans on right now. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, Jordan's the man. Jordan's the goat. And everybody else is just fucking losers in their own time. But don't worry. I mean, more importantly, if you think about it in some situations, <clears throat> it would have made a whole lot of difference. And, yes, he's won six NBA titles. We can understand that difference as well. But don't get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, just because he's got six rings... Most NBA players now would just get one ring and just rub it in people's faces like it ain't nothing. 
Are you serious? I mean, how could a guy get six rings? More importantly, Tim Duncan has about five rings. Steph Curry has two. Giannis Antetokounmpo has one. LeBron James has four. Everybody else has multiple rings. But if you have one championship ring, I don't think impossibility that you can call that a situation based on, you know, sheer will and sheer luck for that matter. And usually when you watch a sports game on TV and you think it to yourself like, hey, it's a possibility that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. But they don't say that about everybody else. So let's just not like get it twisted, shall we? Real time with Bill Maher tackled the infamous Oscar slap Friday night with the eponymous host cracking that Jada Pinkett Smith should thank God that alopecia is the worst she's dealing with. And I'm going to say, ouch, if you're so lucky in life as to have that be your medical problem, just say thank you. Thank God. Maher cracked to his guests, attorney Laura Coates and former presidential and New York City mayor candidate Andrew Yang. It's not life-threatening. It's part of, for most people, 80% of men, 50% of women. It's part of aging. It's not, well, actually it is because I read a lot of books about that. Aging is, trust me, I know, it's a degradation of the flesh. It happens to all of us. The 66-year-old political comedian added, As you know, just put on a fucking wig like everybody else at the Oscars if it bothers you so much. Mars said Will Smith's viral smackdown of Chris Rock over a joke about Pinkett's bald head exposed ugly aspects of society like toxic masculinity, victim culture, and liberal hypocrisy, as he claimed that most Americans associated the Academy Awards with the Democratic Party and coastal elites. The left-leaning comics guests agreed that they were distressed that a theater full of woke movie stars would stand in appalled applaud Smith's best actor trophy moments after his attack. I remember as a prosecutor prosecuting quite a few assault and batteries, and they didn't stand by and be like, no, no, I've got the rest of my kids' soccer game. i got to stay for this, Coates said. And I will agree with Bill Maher. I mean, more importantly, alopecia is very, like, a disease, but more importantly, like, sitting there and taking it and letting your husband come up on stage smacking a comedian from Brooklyn and you're thinking everything is godforsaken gravy, which it's not. So how do you how do you like, you know, how do you picture this in your head? I've already said this a few times. Jada Pinkett made Will Smith do it. That's all I can tell you. He made him do it. He made him go up on that stage and slap the shit out of Chris Rock. And it's funny as hell when you do that. You know what I mean? Just because he was making jokes about your fucking head? Are you seriously? I mean, is it obvious that you knew what was going to happen and you knew how it was going to happen? I mean, you can't be that stupid. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, just maybe she was like, you know, still thinking about Tupac when she was at the awards. Yes, maybe. Maybe, maybe that was going to happen. Maybe that was the problem there. Oh, my God. Can we please, 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 please stop talking about this? It's bad enough. I feel victim of it. It feels victim to everybody getting slapped across the face. But let's be honest with ourselves. It's like nothing to like write home to your kids about. 
especially when situations like this happen for certain people. And I'm a little bit disappointed. No, seriously, I'm a little bit disappointed on the fact that uh, dear old Will Smith is still the butt of the motherfucking joke. Still the ass of the joke. And well, <clears throat> we're not going to get into that no more. I'm sorry. We're not going to get into that because, frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm just losing losing my damn mind on this one. And it's kind of sad, sickening, twisted. I mean, whatever you want to call it, it's going to happen to you once in a while. And you're just going to have to get over it. <clears throat> Moving on. Potty mouth Roy Kent of Ted Lasso's teaches F-word on Sesame Street. Seriously, folks? We're learning, kids learning the F-word on Sesame Street? Roy Kent, of all people. <clears throat> Roy Kent, the infamous grouch with a foul mouth played by Brent Goldstein on Ted Lasso, is sharing the knowledge of the F-word. The 41-year-old Emmy winner stopped by the alphabet hood to teach the Cookie Monster and his buddy Tamir a very important word of the day. Oh, this should be fun. The star of the breakout TV, Apple TV series, took a page from his character's playbook for the lesson with the two puppets. The